0: We may not express this, but I think deep down inside all of us, we all want to be difference makers. We all want to make a positive impact on our world. We all want to be uh, the light and the salt. We all want to point people to Jesus. We all want to leave a, an awesome legacy. Not that it's about us, but we want people to know that, hey, man, they are making a difference. They, the world is better because of that person right there. We want, we want that. And the way that we get that, the way that that happens is through generosity. It happens by us being generous. And this is a word that you've probably heard quite a bit, especially around this time of year, but but really at the root of this word generous is the word give. The word give. As a matter of fact, um, I would say that give is the theme, the main theme of the entire Bible. Now, a lot of people would say, well, I, I, Scott, I don't think so. I think the word, I think the main theme of the Bible is probably love. And, and you have a strong argument for that. But my question back to you is, how do you measure love? How do, how do you know someone loves you? How, how do you measure that? And my response would be, or, or my, my, my take on that would be, that you can't measure love without Giving. Giving is how you measure love. Now, you can, you, can, you can give without loving. You know, you can give out of obligation, or you give out of manipulation, but you can't truly love without giving. As a matter of fact, you could say it like this, that giving is love in action. And what does the Bible tell us about, about how much that God loves? How did He demonstrate His love to us? He gave. John 3.16, that God loved the world so much. Well, how do we know He loved the world so much? Because He gave. He gave His one and only Son. So that if we believe in Him, we wouldn't perish, we wouldn't spend eternity without God, but we could have everlasting life with God. God demonstrated His love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He gave. And so, giving is love in action. In this series, we're going to learn how to become generous. And I use the word learn because generosity is not something that comes naturally. As a matter of fact, um, and I've used this illustration before, and I don't mean to just wear you out with it, but you know, you don't have to teach a child to be greedy or selfish or stingy. You have to teach them how to share you have to teach them how to, how to be generous and how to be kind. My point is, is that generosity doesn't come naturally. It is a learned behavior. As a matter of fact, generosity is a learned virtue that involves both attitude and action. It's a learned behavior that involves both attitude and action. It's, it's learned as we come to experience God's generosity towards us. The more that we experience how generous our God is, the more that we experience what God has truly given to us, and that's that's one of the goals behind when we sing those three or four songs is to help us to focus on God so that we can understand just how much that God has done for us and how much that God has given to us. And the more that we recognize what God has given to us and what, what God has given for us and how He's given to us and how He's loved us, the more that we want to reciprocate what we're receiving from God to other people. That's what generosity is. It's a learned behavior. It's a learned attitude. It's, it's learned uh, motivation, if you will, toward giving. That God wants us to be generous people. The more that we learn generosity, really, the more spiritually mature that we become. The more that we're increasing in knowledge, the more that we're understanding God's purpose for us on this planet, the more that we become generous. It's a sign, generosity is a sign that you have tasted the goodness of God and you want to share it with other people. Now I know that this is one of the, this, matter of fact, this whole series, I've already tried to prep myself for this, that this is one of those um, a set of messages that, that when you speak that, that it, it really pierces our heart, it convicts us, because most people, they may say that they're generous, but when it comes down to it, we're really not generous people. Not in the light that God wants us to be generous, so we're going to learn how to become generous. Um, I want to start this this series this morning with with a message called "A Heart of Generosity." That's what I'm going to be talking about today: a heart of generosity, because generosity um, is an expression of our heart it it It's all a matter of the heart. I told you all ago you can you can give without loving. I mean, there's a lot of times we give just to shut people up, you know or. Get him to, to leave us alone. He just, well, let, here, let me just give him something, you know. Okay. That's not that's not being generous. Generosity comes from our, our heart. And so I want to talk about a heart of generosity this morning. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them to 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. Now, there are there are several places in Scripture that talks about generosity or generous or, or giving. And man, I mean You could just just pick from probably thousands of places uh, uh, that reference giving or generosity. But I want to focus specifically today on two chapters, um, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 and chapter number 9. We're going to read mostly from chapter 8. We'll read a little bit from chapter number 9. But these are two chapters that deal with generosity. Now before I read, I, I need to give you a little bit of context uh, actually, a lot of context, so we'll have an understanding. Um, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church of Corinth. And, and I don't even know how many know this, but this is just a, a little uh, Bible 101 teaching here that um, the, the names that you get for the, 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 many of the books of the Bible in the New Testament, like Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, all of those are letters that were written to churches in specific cities. So like Corinthians was written to the church at Corinth. Galatians written to the church of Galatia. Ephesians the church of Ephesus. I don't don't know why I'm telling you that. I just feel like somebody needs to know that. Oh, some of you are just the light bulbs going off right now. I never knew that. I thought the epistles were the wives of the apostles. That's what a lot of people think. But they're actually letters that that the apostle Paul wrote to uh, the churches. So the apostle Paul is writing to the church of Corinth. And he's reminding them of a time when Titus um, came to the church or, or at least wrote a letter. He's somehow come in contact with the church of Corinth and told them that one day they were going to be collecting an offering for the church of Jerusalem, which is the very first church. It's the church that was, was started by, by the Lord. And, and then there was a, you know, a Pentecostal breakout and then churches spread from there. So Titus had come sometime earlier. We don't know how long before that. And he had told the church at Corinth that we want you to start saving. You know, this is above your normal tithe and offering that you're given to your church. We want you to start saving because we're going to come around and we're going to take a collection. We're going to take up an offering for the church at Jerusalem. Okay, so he had been telling this message. He says, we don't know when that day is going to come, but one of these days we're going to come and we're going to collect this offering. So we want you to start saving uh, money to give to the church of Jerusalem. So that is the context. And now, now Paul is writing the church at Corinth this letter and he's saying, hey, remember You know, a, a here a while back when I told you that we were going to be receiving an offering from you to help the church of Jerusalem? Well, now is the time. And so he starts off this chapter by, by letting the church of Corinth know about other churches who have already given to the church of Jerusalem. He, he's kind of... I don't want to say he's manipulating them, but but he's trying to show them how other churches have been generous towards this cause. Okay, so that's the context. And now let's pick up uh, reading in verse number 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul writes this, he says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Now, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just pause um, in between some of these verses and just, just point out some things that is very easy to overlook. I want you to look at this. He's talking about, he says, I want to tell you about these other churches in Macedonia who have given to the church at Jerusalem. And he says here, he's a, even though this church, some of these churches in Macedonia, they were, they were going through some severe trials themselves. And they were experiencing some extreme poverty, but still yet, generosity welled up inside of them. And they gave. Now this is something that, that you don't think about. Usually when you think about extreme poverty and severe trial, you don't think about overflowing joy. Right? I mean we're thinking, poor, poor, pitiful me. You know, how you know nobody understands what I'm going through. But yet somehow, some way there was a grace, and this is I don't want to get off on this, but I believe that there are different installments of grace that we receive at various points in our Christian walk. You know, obviously we experience the amazing grace that we're saved by grace through faith. That's that's one type of grace. I believe that when we're baptized in water, that there is, this is just my personal opinion, okay? I believe that there's another work of grace that happens in our life to where uh, the Bible says that sin's power is broken, that we're able to just, we're able now to connect with our new identity in Christ just because of something that we did. I believe that uh, as we spiritually mature and we understand uh, the work of God and the work of generosity in our lives, that there's a work of grace that happens in our lives to where we want to start giving now. That's Obviously, you don't believe that. But anyway, there's, there's, a, there's a grace of giving. And that's why he mentions there, there's a grace of giving. And these churches of Macedonia, they welled up with rich generosity and they wanted to contribute to this cause. Even though they themselves were experiencing severe and extreme poverty. There's a lesson here that needs to be learned. Even if we're poor we are still required to be generous to those who are poorer than we are. I know we don't think about that, do we? We look at people who may have more than we do, and we think, well, I just, I just can't give because I don't have anything to give. Here are people who are going through a severe trial, extreme poverty, but yet they welled up with joy and, and rich generosity to give to help someone else who may have been... Less off or worse off than they themselves were. See, generosity is not about the amount that you give, it's about the attitude with which you give it. He goes on to say this in, in verse number three. He says, For I testify that they, speaking of the churches in Macedonia who didn't have a lot to give, he said that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own, watch this, they urgently pleaded, go back, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Now, I, I don't know what this looked like, but I've got a good idea that um, it may have been easy for Titus or for Paul to look at the church of Corinth, or excuse me, the churches at Macedonia and say, okay, uh, All the other churches are going to be participating in this offering, but I know that you yourselves are struggling, so so you can sit this one out. You, you You don't have to give anything, because I know you yourselves are going through this extreme trial. You're going through some extreme poverty. Don't worry about giving anything this time. But yet the Bible says that they urgently pleaded, please, we want to give something. Do y'all see this? We, we want to share in this service uh, of providing for the Lord's people. We count it a privilege. I, I know we may not have a lot that we can give, but we want to give something. But don't don't, don't uh, keep us from getting this, this blessing because we want to participate in it. We want to help. They had a heart of generosity. They wanted to give. Verse number five, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave what? They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord. And then by the will of God, they gave also to us. Once again, generosity is, is, is not just about money. Generosity is a lifestyle. It's like worship. We A lot of times we associate worship with singing three or four songs to open up our service on a Sunday morning that's, a, that's a, um, an attribute or that's part of worship, but worship is not singing songs. Worship is not expressed just through words. Worship is a lifestyle. And the same is true with generosity. A lot of times we think about generosity as giving money. That's, that's one expression of it. But generosity is a lifestyle. It's giving your time. It's, it's giving encouragement. It's giving hugs. It's, it's serving. It's giving of yourselves. And look here, it says, they, they exceeded our expectations because they didn't just, this is, this is just the way I see this, they didn't just throw money at a cause. They gave themselves. First to God and then to us. You know, I think a lot of times, even when we do have money to give, it's easy as I said well, while ago just to give money just to, you know, I don't want to look bad or I don't want to feel bad or I don't want someone to think that, you know, that I don't care. So a lot of times we just throw money at things just to, just to stop the harassing people. But genero- that's, generosity comes from the heart. It's, it's about giving more than just money. It's about giving your time and giving your talents and giving of your treasures and, and giving of yourselves. Always giving something, sowing seeds of love, sowing life into circumstances, sowing life into other people, sowing life into other people's ministry. That's what generosity is. It's not just about money. It's a lifestyle. Verse number six So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning. Remember, I told you at the onset of this that that Titus had had gone around and he had told the church at Corinth and the churches at Macedonia that one day they'd be taking an offering. This is what Paul is referring to here. He says, We urge Titus just as he had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of, here's, here's that word again, grace on your part. Verse number seven. But since you excel in everything, now, now Paul is bragging on how good this church is. He's talking about, man, you, you guys are, are good in faith, you're good in speech, you're good in knowledge, you're good in complete earnestness, you're good in, in the love that, that we've kindled in you. He says, and since you're so good at those things, see to it that you also excel in this grace, next slide please, in this grace of giving. Notice he uses this, this phrase, grace of giving, quite a bit here. He's like, you guys are maybe you're good in the things that you say. You're good in your, your acts of kindness. You're good in, 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 in love. You're good in, in speech. You're good in all these things. Make sure that you excel in this grace of giving also. In other words, as I go back to what I said earlier, it's, you can't love without giving. We... Just like in a marriage, you can say that you love your spouse, but until you start giving, you're not demonstrating your, your love. And so Paul is reminding them here, he says, there's, there's a lot of things that you guys are good at, but I need you to excel in the grace of giving here too. That what's going to demonstrate your generosity. Verse number 8, watch this, this is very important. He says, I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. Now, this I actually find this quite humorous, and you really need to kind of go home and read this to kind of see what I'm talking about here. But, but Paul, is, he's writing to the church at Corinth, and he's, he's showing them, he's telling them just how kind all these churches at Macedonia was. And then he kind of says, now, I'm not telling you you have to give, but, but what I'm telling you here is really going to test the sincerity of your heart because these other churches have already given now, I'm not, I'm not telling you you have to, but, but all these other churches have. <laughs> and and, and he's, he's saying here that, I, that generosity is not something that you do out of obligation. Giving it shouldn't be something that we do because somebody manipulated us, but it, but it should test the sincerity of our heart. Do we really love? Are we really generous? Because a lot of times you ask people, do you think that you're a generous person? Their response may be, yeah, I feel like I'm pretty generous. But when it comes to testing, when it comes to to really giving, giving your time, giving your your treasures, giving to causes, are you truly generous? The Apostle Paul is writing here, he says, this is going to test the sincerity of your heart. Verse number 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake... He became poor so that through his poverty, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Now, this is, if I were to ask you this morning how many want to be more like Jesus, I think probably everyone would raise your hand. Paul is talking about generosity here, and he says, I want you to think about Jesus. Though he was rich, and I think we could agree that, I mean, God owns everything. Though he was rich, he became poor. Why did he do that? So that you, so that, so that me, so that we could become rich. Now, that doesn't mean that, that, that we could become millionaires. That means that, so that he could make our lives better. God gave. Jesus, Jesus laid aside all of his divinity. He, 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 he became a human so that we could have eternal life. So ultimately, God gave through His Son Jesus Christ to make our lives better. That's why we are to give to other people. That's why we are to become generous, to make other people's lives better, to help people who are in need. Verse number 10. He says, now here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now I think that's very interesting there. You can give without having the desire to want to give. But he says, he's bragging on what they did last year. He said, last year, you were the first to give, but not just to give, but you wanted to give. You had a desire to give to do so. Verse number 11. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. In other words, he's saying there are some people who just, man, I want to give, but I just can't. I want to give, but I just don't have anything to give. There's a lot of people who say they want to give, but they're not willing to make the sacrifice to maybe give up some things that, that they actually want or, or some things that, that are actually in their daily routine to make the sacrifice so that they actually can give. Paul is saying here, he's reminding us, this is a good lesson for us. Don't just have a desire and say, I want to give. He says, actually, go through with that. Complete that. Well, I can't. Yeah, there's some things that you can give. Even if you couldn't give financially, you can give some time. You can volunteer at the mission. You could do this. You could do that. I mean, there's, he's saying, don't just, don't just have a desire and say you want to give. He says, I want you to complete that. I want you to go through with it so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it. And then, verse number 12, he says this For if the willingness is there, this is very important, then the gift is acceptable. Once again, we're, we're talking about the heart of generosity. He says, "If the willingness is there, the gift is accessible, ex- acceptable, according to what one has, not according to what one doesn't have." Once again, I, I want to give, but I, but but I just don't have to give. He's saying here that the gift is accept acceptable when the willingness is there, not not based off giving what you don't have, but what you actually do have. What can you give? And whatever that it is that you give, when you have the heart of generosity to give it, Paul says that the gift is then acceptable. Once again, he's saying here that generosity is not about the amount you give, but with the attitude in which you give it. In other words, it's all about the heart. A heart of generosity. Well, what I want to do in the remainder of our time this morning is um, really answer the question, uh, am I generous? I've got some things here that's going to kind of help us measure that. But I want to show you what a heart of generosity looks like. Five characteristics of a heart of generosity. Now, I don't do this all the time, but I have to give credit where credit is due. A lot of times when I'm studying, a lot of times when I, I listen to other teachings and, and read other blogs and articles and uh, different lessons and stuff on whatever it is that I'm studying, a lot of times I'll take certain points and, and I'll, I'll rewrite them or I'll take things and, and, and make them what God wants us to hear here. That sounded weird, but hear, hear, H-E-A-R-H-E-R-E, or H-E-R-E, am I spelling eight? That sounds weird. Okay, well, thank you. Somebody said I was right. Um, but, but these five points I want to share with you, these come from a teaching by Pastor Chris Hodges of Church of the Highlands. So these, these are not my points originally, but they're too good to try to, like, try to rewrite and try to you know, figure out how to say this. So I'm going to take those points that, that he has shared in a message before and put some of my own teaching to it. But these are, I always like to give credit there because I know that there are people that watch other sermons and I don't want someone to come up to me and say, hey, you know, that's the exact same thing that I heard on the radio the other day. You must be stealing. No, (laughs) I give credit where credit is due. So so five characteristics of someone who has a heart of generosity. And here's the first one. Someone who has a heart of generosity is going to give joyfully. In other words, giving for you is going to be fun. Now, I probably just weeded out a lot of people who thought that they were generous. (laughs) You're like, oh yeah, I'm a generous person. Okay, is giving fun for you. No, I've, I've never had fun giving. I, I don't like to give. Well, then you're, you don't have a heart of generosity. Because someone who has a heart of generosity is someone who gives joyfully. Here, here's where the verse comes from. Jesus said this in Acts 20, 35. He said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. That, that word blessed is actually the word blessed, is how you say it. And at the root of that, it, He's saying that, that people are more happy when they give than when they receive. Now, I know what some of you, especially some of the young people, they they don't get this. And some adults don't get this. But I've used this analogy before. When you get kids, this verse starts to make a lot more sense. Because when you buy presents for kids at Christmas, or really for anybody, for that matter, there's just something satisfying Gratifying, fulfilling about giving to someone, especially when you're getting them something you know that they want. The, the joy that's on their face when they open up that gift that they've been wanting. It's, you're, you're more happy, you feel more fulfilled when you give than when you receive. Just as we can understand that for those of us who are parents, we can understand that when it comes to giving to our kids, there, there is something that, that happens. There, there's a separation between what we can experience in the natural to what God wants us to experience when it comes to His blessings. We, we just don't connect the dots. We, we don't get this verse. But all throughout Scripture, you're going to find that there are provisions, there there is prosperity, there is God's blessings, there is God's uh, providing seed to the sower. Everyone who gives joyfully, everyone who has a heart of generosity, God is going to make sure that they are always taken care of. And so when we can get that, we're we're going to have this understanding that, you know what, I, I want to give joyfully. It's fun to give. I love to watch God bless people because God uses me to bless other people. You ever pray to silly? I've got to be careful how I say this, but a lot of times we pray silly prayers. God, I just you know someone's stranded on the side of the road. God, I pray that in the name of Jesus that you would send somebody by to help them. Who's he going to send? He's going to send someone who's who's willing to help, right? Obviously, that's not you. And you th- we thought we did good by praying for that person. See, we, there's got to be joy that comes from, from giving. We want to give joyful. There is more happiness in giving than in receiving when we're giving generously. Now, I, I've thought about how to say this, and I don't know how to say it. I hope you know my heart. I am not up here to sound prideful, to, to be boasting about anything, I, but I need to share some things with you. There have been several times. I, there are a couple of times where my wife and I, we, we've given vehicles away. And I don't say that boastfully. I'm just saying that to show you how fun that it was. Uh, one time, there was a, a couple from our church. This is back when we was in the other building, and it was a family of. Uh, they probably had five or six kids, and and their their vehicle, their motor had had blown up on them or, or something. They were in dire circumstances. And uh, one one Sunday after church, I had got my wife a, a new vehicle, and so. Instead of selling the other one, we're like, we, we want to bless somebody with this. This is a good vehicle. It's only like 10 years old. And um, so after church one day, after everyone had, had left, we told this family, hey, we want to talk to you about something. And, and after everyone was gone, we talked to them for a little bit in the, in the foyer and said, listen, I know you guys are struggling and we see your faithfulness to church. We know that you're committed to, to doing things. And, and I believe that God wants to use us to bless you. We have something that we want to give you. And so we walked outside and and handed them to the keys to our Ford Explorer. And the, I can remember that the husband, he fell to his knees and just burst in tears, and, and they just began to hold each other as a family and just begin to, to celebrate and just could not believe what, what God had done in their lives. And I'm telling you, the feeling that we got from that, the joy that was upon their faces, there's, you can't put a, an amount of money on that. I'm telling you, there's, we, we've done that uh, another time. We helped a lady out who um, has uh, divorced and uh, she didn't have hardly any income. Her car went out on her. We gave her a car. And the, 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 the happiness that comes from blessing others, from, from being generous, is unmatched. I could sit up here and tell you time and time again where we've given people money and help. Out. We're talking about going above and beyond your normal tithe and, and offering. We're talking about being generous. And these are things that happen when you truly start being obedient and just being God's hand and feet and and ministering to needs. There is true joy that happens to those who give with a heart of generosity. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, it says this, As each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves what kind of giver? A cheerful giver. And we're going to get to some of this here in a minute when we talk about some of these other characteristics. But, but when we give, if there's no cheer there, if there's no, if there's no desire to give, you've you, you got to start questioning. Where is my heart in this matter? Because obviously I don't have the heart of generosity if I'm not willing to give joyfully and, and have fun doing it. One more verse, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 26. It says, some people are always greedy for more. But the godly, what, what do the godly do? <laughs> I know, this is, this is an ouchy sermon, I know. Godly people love to give. They love to give. Because you know what, and, and, and we're going to talk about this in some of this, uh, in, at, in one of these messages in the series, but oh my goodness, I've got to hurry. But um, we make life all about what we can get, Materialism and bigger houses and, and better cars. None of that stuff are we going to be able to take with us when our time on this earth is over. So we need to be about the Father's business. Amen. All right, I got to hurry. I, I, am, I am way slow today. Okay, point number two someone who has a heart of generosity is someone who gives selflessly. They give selflessly. Look at verse number five again. It says this They exceeded our expectations. Verse five. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then to, then by the will of God, they gave themselves to us. They gave themselves. They, they gave selflessly. God gave selflessly. God loved us so much that he, he gave. He gave of Himself. He didn't just... Aren't you thankful that when we were in need of something, that God just didn't throw money towards us and say, here, you know, I hope that fixes things. No, God says, okay, I'm going to get involved in their lives. I'm going to give my son. You know there there are people that are that are here right now today, who are giving themselves. You you had someone to you're having someone who's teaching your kids this morning. Someone who are who is like, like caring for your kids while you can come and enjoy service day. Why? Because they're giving of themselves. Our praise team, they gave of themselves. They got here early this morning. Our our greeters, they gave of themselves. You have coffee to drink right now. And this morning when you walked in, because someone gave of themselves. Figured that would get a bigger amen than than it did. But but people give of themselves. We are benefiting this morning because people are, are giving of themselves. This is what someone that has a heart of generosity does. They don't just throw money at things. They actually give of themselves. They give of their time. They serve. They, they, give. They, they volunteer for things. Why? Because they want to make a difference. They want to help point people to Jesus. They want to share God's love with other people. And that happens through generosity. So they give selflessly. Point number three. People that have a heart of generosity, they give willingly. They give willingly. Verse number 12 again says, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. To give willingly means that you, you want to give. It's not because you have to give. You want to give. Now, let, me, let me talk about, I'm going to talk a little bit about tithing just for a minute. And some of this we'll, we'll probably talk about later. But, you know, there's a lot of times where and um, tithing, it, for those of you that may not know, is giving the Lord the first 10% of your income that we're to honor the Lord with our wealth and with our income. We're to honor the Lord with the first 10%. And, and a lot of times people look at it and they say, well, you know, the, a matter of fact, this is, this is a pet peeve of mine, but don't throw anything at me. A lot of times people say, they'll use the phrase, I paid my tithe. We, it actually sounds like it's a bill. Okay, We give, we return to the Lord what is already His. That's what we're doing. But a lot of times people look at tithing and they'll say, well, yeah, but that's in the that's in the Old Testament. They say, well, that's that's in the law. And actually it's tithing, the principle of tithing came before the law was ever given. But even if you wanted to use that and say, well, you know, that's under the Old Testament, and that's under the Old Covenant, we're no longer under that old covenant. The Bible says that Jesus came not to do away with the law, but he came to fulfill it. In other words, the law has been fulfilled through Jesus Christ. But what he really did now was he didn't change things. He changed the motivation for why we do things. For example, um, "Thou shalt not commit adultery" is is one of the laws, right? Right? Okay. But but we don't. I don't not have an affair on my wife because it's a law. I don't say, well, honey, you know, I'd I'd like to go, you know, sleep with another woman, but you know, the Bible says that. You know, I'm not supposed to commit adultery. That's not the reason I don't do it. I hope y'all get this. The motivation is not because, well, that would be a sin. The motivation is because I love my wife. Okay? So, So Jesus fulfilled the law. It changed the motivation. Now it's not about having to give. It's we want to give. We give willingly. It's grace giving. It's an eternal willingness. We don't, I, don't, I don't give my tithe because it's required. I don't give my tithe because necessarily the Bible says this. I give because I want to give. And I'll, I'll tell you in the coming weeks why, what makes that, that giving even a lot easier. But someone who has a heart of generosity is someone who gives willingly. Number four, someone who has a heart of generosity is someone who gives thankfully. Generosity is an expression of worship. Worship. It's it's a way of thanking God for all that He's done for us. Matter matter of fact, you could say it like this, it's it's really the least that we can do. Is that when we give, whether whether it's tithing or whether we're going above and beyond that and we're we're being generous and we're helping someone else, every time that we do that, someone who has a heart of generosity is going to be thanking God for all that He's done for them. God, thank Thank you so much for saving my soul. God, thank you for pulling me out of this addiction. God, thank you for saving my marriage. Thank you, God, for healing my body, for healing my mother in law when she was lying in the hospital. God, thank you for healing this child of mine when they were five days in picky on life support. God, thank you for doing all this. God, the least I can do is give back into your kingdom. It's an expression of worship. We give thankfully. That's something I want to remind you. Next time that you're giving, next time, next service, if you're giving service or if you're giving, uh, you know, if you're helping someone on the street, next time that you're doing that, I want you to be thinking about all that God has done for you. To give thankfully. A heart of generosity says, God, you have been so, so good to me. This is the least that I can do. And number five. A person who has a heart of generosity is someone who gives intentionally. We're going to spend an entire week on this, probably in the third week of this series. Someone who gives intentionally. In other words, it's not just, they're not just randomly given. They're not given because, you know, we had a a missions, uh, a missionary come in and he's telling us about um, children overseas that are starving and and that's okay to give, but that's not the you know someone who is a heart of generosity is not someone who gives randomly or or when they feel, you know, when their 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 uh their the strings of their heart are tugged at, they're given intentionally. In other words, it's a it's a habit for them. They're not just giving of their tithe and offering, but they're intentionally saving money and waiting on God to tell them where that needs to go. They're intentional givers. Look how the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Paul says this. He says, You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Don't you just hate it when you just when you feel pressured to give and you know that people are looking at you to see if you're gonna give. That's one of the things, and I hope that you appreciate that about me as your pastor. I I never try to manipulate or or try to make people feel pressured for giving. I hope you notice that. I, I always, especially if I'm going to talk about money, now we do this pretty much all the time anyway, but if I'm going to talk about money, I always make sure that the offering is taken before I teach on it because I never want people to think, oh yeah, he's up there talking about money today because he's going to take an offering after a while. The reason I teach these things, number one, is because they're in God's Word, but number two, I do it for your benefit because I'm your pastor and I care for you and I want you to receive God's fullest. I want you to receive God's blessings. And so, someone who has a heart of generosity is not someone who's given reluctantly or or given out of out of out of pressure or because they feel uh, manipulated or they're watching other people give and they think, like, "Man, I better give something." They, someone who has a heart of generosity is someone who's already made up their mind. They've already decided what they're going to give, and they are going to give willingly and cheerfully and selflessly and joyfully and thankfully. They're going to give because they have the heart of generosity. They're kingdom minded. Here's something that I think is going to help you be intentional. Every time that you're generous, you're telling and showing that person that God loves them. When we gave those cars away, you know what those people are thinking? How much that God loves them and cares about them. God, you've you've heard my prayer. God, you've seen my despair. You've seen the situation. And God, you have blessed me. 1 Timothy chapter 6, last scripture, verses 18 through 19. It says this. It says, Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be what? To be generous and willing to share. Watch this. Here's what happens when you're generous and willing to share. By doing this, or in this way, they will lay up treasures for who? Okay, this is I know that y'all thinking that well this is it's not supposed to be about us it's not about us but when we do things the right way and eternally minded when we give all really what we're doing is we're we're, we're pushing things forward into the kingdom we're pushing things forward into eternity we're laying up for ourselves treasures even Jesus said this. He says, don't lay up treasures for yourself here on this earth where, where moth and rust are going to get to and you, that you could lose. Don't. And that's, we need to have some savings. It's wise there. But he says, don't, don't do things here on this. Don't try to store up things for yourself on this earth where the, things can disappear. But, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust can decay. Push it. Forward, We're we're giving intentionally. He says, By doing this, you're laying up for yourselves treasures as a firm foundation for the coming age or eternity so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Intentional givers. When you give, you're knowing that you're pushing it forward. You're you're laying up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That's what's happening. And last but certainly not least, and this is not even a point because I I don't want to make it a point, because we don't want to have the wrong motive for giving. But I will promise you this, and this is what we're going to pick up next week, that God will prosper those who are generous. It it happens. Now that can't be our motive for giving. That's why I didn't put it, excuse me, as one of the points. We can't give to to get. That can't be our motive. But when you truly have a generous heart, you cannot outgive God. He will always make sure. We, we read this last week, I believe. He provides seed to the sower. Those who will sow, those who will give, He's going to make sure that you always have seed. He sees you as a conduit. He sees you as a willing vessel, how He can bless others. He's always going to make sure that you have plenty. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Not all, When we're generous, not only are other people's lives going to become better, But your life is going to be blessed through your generosity. As I say, we'll pick this up next week, but I want you to understand something this morning. Because we have a God who is generous, He wants us to reciprocate what He has given to us. Everything that God gives to us, He wants us to demonstrate and and, and reciprocate that to the world so that they can see His goodness, so that they can see His love, so that they know that God loves them. How do they know that? Through our generosity, When we give, when we meet needs of others, they know that God loves them. There is a God that cares about me. There is a God who knows the situation that I'm in. There is a God who sees that I've been struggling. And He has sent so and so to to bless me and to help me in this time of need. Amen. Let me pray over you this morning. Father, I thank You so much for Your generosity to us. God, one of the things that we'll talk about probably at the end of this series is that we have a God of generosity. We serve a God who is generous. And God, I'm so thankful this morning, Lord, that You you gave. That You gave of Yourself so that we could have eternal life. You're a giver. And because we are followers of Your Son, Jesus, we too should be givers. We too should be generous. God, I know that there are people that are in this room today who, who at the onset of this message would be quick to say, I'm a generous person. But I think after we've talked about these five characteristics, God, maybe, maybe we're rethinking that and thinking we're not as generous as we, as we originally thought that we were. God, whatever area that we may struggle in, God, whether it's maybe we're not joyful, maybe we're not given willingly, maybe we're not given selflessly, maybe we're not given intentionally, God, whichever one of those areas, Father, that we may be struggling with, God, I pray that you would pierce our hearts today and help us have the right motivation when it comes to giving. God, as we approach this time of, of Christmas when we're going to be giving gifts to other people, when we're going to be looking for things that we want and we we make things all about us, we make things all about presents and various things, God, help us be mindful of the fact that You're a God of generosity and how You want us to give to others. God, I even pray that You would lay it up on some of our hearts, Lord, this morning to to maybe even not uh, not ask for gifts for ourselves, but to but to ask that that money or that that gift would go to someone who's in need. God, help us to to do something, God, this season that would help us to, to have the right mindset of a heart of generosity. And God, in doing so, we want people's lives to be transformed. God, we want people to know that you love them. God, should there be one that's in this room today, Lord, who has never experienced Your love for them, who's never experienced the generosity that that You've showed to the world. God, I pray that before this service is over, before this day is out, Lord, that they would reach out to You and ask Jesus to come into their life to forgive them of their sins so that they can experience the true hope, the true joy of living, the true purpose while we're here on this earth so that we can experience more of You, God. Lord, we ask Your blessings upon us as we get ready to go our separate ways. God, I ask Your blessing upon each and every family and every home that's represented today. I pray, God, that we would grab a hold of the Word of God that You've taught us this morning, that we would put it into actions and that we would do our part, Lord, to become people of generosity, that we would become do our part to become people who are generous, Lord, people who want to make a difference, people who want to leave a legacy, people who are not tied up with materialism and, and consumerism and all about me, God, but people who are kingdom-minded, Lord, let this church be a kingdom-minded church who loves to be generous. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.